Okay, college baseball fans, welcome to another episode of the 11.7 podcast where we're going to do a little midweek recap and also preview the weekend coming up. Weekend 13 already, only a couple weekends left of the regular season before we get some conference tournament plays, which will lead into regional. Dimitri's over, in, Dimitri's over in Italy still. Your season's coming up pretty soon, right? Just a couple weeks? Yep. Yep, good. yep, yep. You ready? Is the arm feeling good? As always. As always. The rubber arm that just snapped back in 26 or 2015 or whatever it was. But <laughs> um, cool, dude. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's recap this midweek because there wasn't a ton of upsets, but there was a lot of close games. And, like, I want to start with a game that was surprising to me because – if you look at them on paper, Vanderbilt and Northern Alabama are polar opposites of the college baseball spectrum. Northern Alabama has been in our bottom 10 rankings for a long period of time. And then Vanderbilt's obviously been at the top of the college baseball rankings. Which, by the way, by the way, um, the last two weeks, we kind of I took a break on the bottom 10 ranking. And it was a combination of, you know, me being busy and getting back into it. And I wanted to take two weeks off and then kind of come up with another bottom 10 for the final part of the season, just because just to give it a little fresh, like comeback, maybe some new teams or some changing or whatever. Yeah. Give it, give but, it time we to know. level out the playing field and see who really is the bottom 10 teams in the country. And you know what else? I haven't even looked, I haven't really followed it, but what are your, what are the chances Mississippi Valley is still number one? Like nine nine point nine. They haven't won a game. They haven't won a game. They got swept I'm, by Jackson State like a couple weeks ago. I saw. By the way, speaking of Jackson State, what a hell of a season they're having, dude! For real, man, they're undefeated in conference, and um, I actually did want to talk about that because they're going to be a hell of a four seed when the when the regionals roll around. And well, so- I mean, I don't know, I don't know how good of a team they are, like in in reference to, um, like. Everybody else, because dude, well, you know what? Actually, I take it back. They got swept by Mercer. They got swept by Mercer. Like I don't know if they they got swept. I was actually at the opening weekend series. I forgot that was Jackson State now, but they they didn't score a run. Mercer won nine nothing, ten nothing, and fourteen nothing the opening weekend. Now, hey, they might have you know they might have gotten better throughout the season, and they might have had players like hurt or not travel. Absolutely, they started the season three and six because uh, they lost to Ole Miss and Mississippi State in the midweek. Um, but since then, man, they've been red hot, undefeated in conference. Now, they haven't won any midweek right. games. but This is a major red flag. They haven't won a game outside of the SWAC, except for they won three games against um, Pine Bluff. And they beat, uh, they beat the Warhawks, Louisiana Monroe. They, they did. They did. But, but I mean, no, dude, the no, wins they that did. they're having oh, they in conference—the wins that they're having in conference—are so lopsided. Like they're just beating the crap out of the swag, and like they're gonna give some. I mean, hopefully they get matched up in like a pretty fair regional, which they, I know they're not. They're gonna get put into like Mississippi State's regional and and Ben, they outside of the swag. So they play Pine Bluff in a three-game series, but it didn't count towards the conference standing. You know how some teams been doing that this year yeah. with scheduled. So they beat they they okay. So outside of the SWAC, they have two wins: one against Grambling State and one one against Louisiana Monroe. Who cares? Who cares? I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. They're not a threat in a in a, as a four C. So I want you to walk that statement back, and then we can move forward. 
Okay. I, maybe I got ahead of myself because I did forget they just got destroyed by the Mercer Bears the first weekend. They couldn't so, hit. So, so can we put it on live for everyone to hear? Walk back your statement that Jackson State will not be a threat of the four seed. <laughs> Jackson State will not. I am not smarter than a fifth grader. Uh, Jackson Perfect. State will, hey, that is, will that is, not. That is, <laughs> Jackson that is State will exactly not be a threat. All right. But let's go back into the show. Let's go back to this North Alabama team who, I mean, Vanderbilt has been playing not great baseball lately. And they, they only won three to two against this North Alabama team at home. And, and Vandy's offense, like they couldn't produce runs against a very, very subpar pitching staff in North Alabama. So that was something that jumped off the paper. Um, some other close games that happened, like Tennessee gave up eight unanswered runs against Tennessee Tech and only won 10 to eight. They gave up six in the eight, two in the ninth. So it uh, looked like they were throwing some guys that haven't thrown much in the season. And so Tennessee kind of avoided a scare there, even though they scored in every single Tennessee scored in every single inning except for the seventh inning. Um, and they only won by two. Uh, Notre Dame had to score seven runs in the eighth to beat Valpo. Didn't know Valpo had a baseball team, let alone in the Missouri Valley Conference. So that was, I mean, they won seven to four, but they were down three nothing in the eighth inning. Um, talk a little bit about Stanford having to hit a walk-off home run against San Jose State on Tuesday night. That was past my bedtime. I didn't even stay up and watch that game. Saw it the next morning when I woke up. And, um, of, oh, uh, UCLA, of course, played down in their competition, kind of like the Florida Gators always do, and only beat Loyola Marymount, who's not very good this year, 9-8 to eight in the midweek. Um, but some, I guess you can call them upsets that happened, speaking of the Florida Gators. Stetson Hatters put up five in the eighth inning to take down the Florida Gators. And it's just like exactly what you expected, right, Dimitri? Like, Florida's I mean, going to get get up for the big games and then just not care about the games that in the midweek or don't mean anything. Always hey, playing down to the competition. It's ridiculous. Hey, if that's what works for them, that's what works for them. Like, at the end of the day, it's all about national championships and trips to Omaha. It's not about beating Stetson on a Tuesday night. So if that's what yeah, they're – if, if you take this correlation, like, when they host a regional, whoever the four seed is going to be in that regional, like, they better hope it's not somebody good. Like they okay, better hope, but, but okay, but playing, let's just say Stetson, playing Stetson in a regional at the home crowd packed out, that's a little bit different than playing Stetson on a Tuesday night. In- no, but Florida's been doing it all year long, dude. Like just playing down to the competition, not putting their, th- I uh, understand their foot that. on their throats. I understand that, but you've got to think stakes. You got to think what did the game mean? The game means something to Florida, they play better. So I'm not saying that like, hey, you guys better watch your shit because if they, if you keep thinking you can just walk in and roll over some of these teams, you're going to regret it on Friday night in the regional. But I think Florida plays more in terms of the hype of the game rather than the name on the jersey. And that's, because why, if it's just, a Friday, and that's why I hate them so much this year. It's completely different than that 2017, that, or 2017 team that won it all. I mean, that, those guys just punish people the whole regular season. And this team is so talented. They should be punishing people and they don't. Wait, 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 wait. I got to stop you again. Remember what we said. We're not going to say Florida is so talented. They are though. But, but, we, but we made a promise on this podcast that we are not going to say Florida is so talented. I know, man. But we'll like, dude, the, the best thing that's going to happen is they're going to lose. Florida is going to lose this series to Georgia coming up. And then they're going to go to Arkansas and sweep Arkansas or win two out of three. Just watch. 
Like it's gonna happen. Oh come on! Oh come on, dude! Go go get you a bottle of water and sober up. <laughs> my dude, my crystal ball is speaking to me right now. They're gonna mess around against Georgia. But Georgia's gonna win the series, and then they're gonna Florida's gonna bounce back on the road and beat the number one team in the nation, Arkansas, and just say like, "Ha, there you go." And then they're gonna go two and barbecue in the freaking SEC tournament. Just watch. It's it right, makes me right, so sick. Right. Florida and we'll UCLA see. make me so sick. All right. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, um, the other big thing that happened um, in the midweek was the Clemson-South Carolina game. I think it's probably the best – like, I don't want to say the best rivalry in college baseball just because, like, I know the SEC rivalries are big. Let's call it the best non-conference rivalry in baseball – in college baseball. Would you agree or disagree? I think it's I think it's up there. I I'm not educated enough, and I don't have the thoughts in front of me and gathered to make a bold sharpie statement. But I think it is definitely up there. Yeah, it's like it's on par with like if Texas A&M and Texas scheduled a three game series um, every year, one yep. neutral site, one at home, one on the road, like that. It would be on par with that because those two teams hate each other, and they hate each other in every sport. And you got to see some back and forth bickering between the two um, college baseball fan bases. You know, the Clemson guys saying like, oh, South Carolina's done for this season. They've already hit their peak. Uh, we're hitting the stride at the right time, blah, blah, blah. And then South Carolina saying like, hey, buddy, we still won the series against you guys two out of three just because you guys beat us seven to two today and embarrassed us um, on your home field. Like doesn't mean we're not better than you. So but like that game, I watched every pitch of it. Uh, I thought that Arkansas, I'm not going to what did I say Arkansas? I was looking at Arkansas schedule. Sorry. Um, South Carolina came out. They were throwing some guys that were 94, 95. Uh, but you're, Dimitri kind of hinted at it when I was texting him about the game before. Like South Carolina was going to have to piece that game together, like bullpen Johnny Holstaff it. And that's what they ended up having to do. And, and Clemson had some guys that threw extended innings and got some big outs. And then, of course, like Clemson's power bats showed up and South Carolina's didn't. So. Yep, absolutely. I mean, that game kind of went like to script. Like that was kind of the feeling, the vibe. Like when I saw the South Carolina had a TBA for their starter, they didn't know what they were doing. And they were going to probably bullpen it up. In a rivalry game, usually when a team's bullpenning it up, you kind of got to give the edge to the other team. I'm not saying they're going to lose or win every time, but. You just get the advantage early on in the game because when you get a big start out of your starter, it's just great mojo for the team. Great mojo. Like, and it just helps the bullpen and all the other guys um, along in the dugout just feed off that momentum. Now, dude, I, I saw a stat on Twitter. I think it was last week or two weeks ago about this Gamecocks team. They're like something like tw- like 20 and four in day games or something ridiculous, maybe 16 and four in day games. And then, like, under 500 in night games. Dude, and You know what's crazy? That is so true without even hearing the numbers. I just – South Carolina doesn't win on Friday night. We know that. Yeah. And they always – when you when you see good highlights from South Carolina, it's always day game. Yeah, when you see, like, uh, Wes Clark hitting a bomb or, like, Andrew Eister making a big play or getting a walk-off hit, they're all in the day. Like, it's always daytime. And so, like, if you go through South Carolina's schedule, like, if you take out their midweek midweek wins against North Florida and Citadel and um, um, Gardner-Webb, like, those, Citadel again, like, Davidson, all these are night games, Winthrop, that they're winning. Winthrop again, night game uh, midweek. Like, those are some of their night game wins. Like, they don't win at night in conference play or on the weekends. So, 
Florida is the only Carolina, one I can think of. If I'm South Carolina, like I'm doing everything I can to just play as many like regional day games as I can. Regional, super regional. I'm trying to get signed up for that day slot because it it it, it proves with stats that they are much better better in the day than at night. I guess their hitters just see the ball better. But um I mean, South Carolina has a big weekend series against Kentucky, which we'll talk about here in a second. Both teams um, right around that 500 mark in the SEC, and then they finish up the regular season against Tennessee. So that's going to put – South Carolina is going to play a three-game series against like five of the top six. Yeah, I think five of the top six uh, teams in the rankings, which has to be the number one strength of schedule at the end of the season. Yep, I, I agree. Um, so, but then the big, I would say the biggest midweek game was this Louisiana Tech at LSU game, just because what it meant for both teams. Louisiana Tech's on that bubble of like getting to host a regional for probably the first and only time of that um, that program's history. And then you have LSU who's just like scratching and clawing their way back into a regional picture. A lot of people consider them dead when they were like two and nine and or two and 10 or something like that in SEC play. Now they're nine and 15. They're 30 and 18 on the regular season. And they get a big win against number 15, number 16 ranked Louisiana Tech in the midweek. So Louisiana Tech, their, their schedule is favorable. Um, they play three at Alabama, one at Northwestern State, and then three, sorry, three at home against Alabama, and then three on the road against Texas A&M. Like they're going to be back in a regional, man. Like Wait, the t- wait, wait. Are the regional hosts like, – they're coming out tomorrow morning, right? They're coming out, yeah, Friday morning. So whenever these, whenever people are listening to this, they will be probably um, already released. And No, no. I thought we are releasing this podcast Well, we are releasing today. it tonight, but a lot of people listen to the podcast in the morning. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, on the okay. way to work. Yeah. Friday morning on the way to work, listen to a little 11.7. So the regional sites, the 20 will be selected Friday morning. And I, you know what? I know they've already been selected. They're just announcing them tomorrow morning. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, facts. The dude, the, the big question mark is is the committee going to put emphasis on this last midweek? Um, like where South Carolina loses, who was a potential top 20 uh, regional host, and like Louisiana Tech losing to hey. LSU. Like, are they gonna take that into consideration or was the decision made like at the end of last week, like on Sunday? I don't know, but hey, I have an idea for at the end of the show when we do our Weekend pick them. We are also going to do, we're going to pick the 20. Let's see if we can predict all 20. Each one of us, or just yep. one is one together? Each one of us, and let's see who does better. All right. Well, we'll have like probably 10 to 12 locks like, that we'll each share, and then we'll just try to pick our eight remaining. I think that'll be fun. Let's do that yep. at the end of the show. Um, yep. and, and then Florida State splits with Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, they played a double header on Wednesday, like during the. But day. no, 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 because they had a, a game on Tuesday night. The Florida State was up two to one. They suspended it in the fifth, finished it the next day. Florida Gulf Coast came back and scored like seven runs in the eighth inning, and won that game. And then they lost the second game. But there was a it was a re a resume game from Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, oh, and dude, we didn't even dive deep into this LSU Louisiana Tech game. That's my fault. I skipped right over it. Uh, what a back and forth game, man. What a back and forth game. I mean, Louisiana Tech jumped out to a three nothing lead and then like a six three lead. And then LSU just like every inning after that just put up a crooked number. It felt like it, it ended up only being a seven inning game, which surprised me. I um, mean, 
Louisiana Tech went up 2-0 in the first, 3-0 in the second, 4-0 in the third, then LSU scored three, and then Louisiana Tech took a 6-3 lead, and then LSU took an 8-6 lead, and then it was 8-8, and then it was 11-8 LSU, and then they just poured it on. Yeah, and they then they they, can't, they called the game after seven because of bad weather, and it was a massacre. Bad, bad weather and lack of pitching. Louisiana Tech just played a four-game weekend series um, like from Sunday, so they were probably out of pitching. They're like, hey, guys, let's uh, save our the rest of our pitching for the weekend coming up. And it's tough because Conference USA is playing four-game um, weekend series, which, I mean, obviously you have to use a lot of, a lot more pitchers that way. So these midweek games, they kind of tax the, uh, the pitching staff. Now, LSU – they, they, they just seemed like they were barreling every ball up. It was almost like they knew what was coming, right? Like, they didn't look fooled. Um, the two innings that – who was his name? Fincher? Is that his name? Jonathan Fincher threw for Louisiana Tech? He just, started the, he just started, like, the first one – the first two innings. Just, it was just a bullpen day for him. Yeah, and, and he you know how held him scoreless. When mid-majors mid play the big school, they try to get their eighth – a little bullpen day in game action because they want to win the game action for, and it might be for draft purposes too. Like there's going to be some scouts there at the game. Like, let's see how we can do it. It had had nothing to do with the draft. It was purely uh, Louisiana tech wanted to win the game. You're telling me it had nothing to do with the draft. That's like, let's see how this guy can throw against sec guys. That had nothing to do with not even 1%. Jonathan Fincher did not throw on Tuesday because the coach said, hey, let's get him in front of scout. Absolutely not. That is not even a 1% reason why. It is purely the fact that they wanted to win the game, and it's his bullpen day. They said, hey, we're going to put you to you in the game for your bullpen. That is it. Okay. Bottom line. Bottom line, no questions asked. So when, when Jonathan <laughs> Fincher comes out of the game and then they score another run in the third and they're like, hey, we're up 4 nothing," like, you think they like their chances there? Oh, I yeah, they probably thought bullpen must ride. You guys, this is your game to <laughs> if win. You if you would have told the coaching staff at Louisiana Tech, hey, you guys are up 4 nothing, going into the bottom of the third and it's only going to be a seven-inning game, do you like your chances? They'd say, hell yeah, let's do it. Like, let's roll it. And then – LSU scores 16. So in the two the two games that LSU and Louisiana Tech have played this year, um, Louisiana Tech has given up 16 runs in both of those games. It was 16 to seven on February 22nd um, when they played each other, and now it was 16 to eight. So a lot of uh, a lot of offense in both of those absolutely both of those games. Now let's go ahead and talk about probably the biggest storyline going on college baseball right now: Nevada or Nevada? Is it Nevada or Nevada? How do you pronounce it? I say I say Nevada. I think I say Nevada. I think I actually might switch it. I think I might say both. But Tyler Bosetti has hit a home run in nine straight games to break, break an NCAA, NCAA record. Break an NCAA record. Nine straight games. Just remember back to all the gorilla ball era home runs. Like every team hit a ton of home runs, like triple digits. And nobody has ever hit a home run in nine straight games. And Tyler Bosetti from Nevada hit his ninth or hit a home run in his ninth straight game. Now the and you most, know go ahead. I think I think I know what you're about to say. So go ahead and say it. Um, well, first of all, it's hella impressive that you hit nine a home run in nine straight games. But you know what's even more impressive is that he hit another one in his ninth game to make it ten. Yeah, he he's had ten home runs in the last nine games. And the most impressive thing 
is that he only had one home run going into that nine game stretch. Like he had one home run on the season. And then I guess something just clicked or he took a, I don't want to accuse him of steroids, but I'm going to say that's a chant. I'm just messing with around, but uh, no steroids were involved, <laughs> but like something clicked and he has absolutely turned it on and has been seeing beach balls up there and nine straight games. I mean, does he go for 10? Do you think he hits his 10th? 10 straight um, games with a homer? That would be impressive. But if I was a betting man, I'm saying no. I'm saying, I'm saying absolutely not. No way. Absolutely not. Put your life savings on it. Yeah. Um, and then a couple other big storylines coming out of the SEC as far as pitchers. Gunnar Hoagland, Hogland, Hoagland. I say it both ways. He's getting season-ending Tommy John surgery. He's got the old Thomas Jonathan bug that you're a survivor of, Dimitri. You um, love you love saying Thomas Jonathan. I and I never understood why. I always ignored it. And you just make it an emphasis to say Thomas Jonathan. You're I'm trying to get person. it trending, man. I'm trying to get it trending. And you're you're you you. I think you're the only person that ever I've ever heard really say Thomas Jonathan. I've I'm convinced like, myself it's going to catch on, and it just hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it just hasn't. Um, but I mean, it sucks for Ole Miss, man. They got the injury bug bad. Torn ACLs, UCLs. I mean, and you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy is that Hoagland, they, they said his bicep was bothering him. But when they said that, and I was thinking about it, but I didn't want to say anything because, you know, I just didn't want to say anything. But I had a feeling it, because most pitchers, you always deal with bicep shit. Bicep bothers you all the time and you always pitch through it. And when they said he wasn't pitching because of bicep, I was like, he's either really hurt or because in that area, when they diagnose you with a bicep or a flexor or a forearm, that whole area is usually a deeper, there's a deeper problem. Oh, for sure. And, and I, I knew something bad was happening. I did as a first baseman, right fielder, I dealt with bicep tendonitis all the time. It sucks. It hurts. But like, I wasn't throwing a hundred pitches a game at 95 miles an hour. Like, like I never had the, like I was never scared that I was going to tear my UCL, but like there was times where like I would throw and be like, Oh, that's enough for today. Like I'm not throwing anymore. Cause that hurts my elbow. And I mean, it's just a big shame that, you know, he's going through it and the whole Ole Miss team is going through it right now. And that definitely, I mean, he was like, if you looked at his numbers compared to Jack Leiter <laughs> and Kumar rocker and some of those, wasn't that other, far off. They were, it wasn't that far off, man. Like he was right there with them. And it's just a shame because Ole Miss's season is pretty much over. Yeah. Like, they're not going to make it to Omaha. They're not going to win a no, college World Series. They just lost. I mean, the only way that's going to happen is Derek Diamond. Okay, we already know Doug McKay got his role. Derek Diamond has to step up. And he did. He stepped up and pitched well um, And when Hoagland got replaced. No, he's been good, but he's going to have to do more. If right. they want any chance to do any make some noise or damage in the postseason, he has to be the guy. And Wes, uh, Wes, oh my God, why am I forgetting his name? Wes Burton. He's going to have to do something as well. Our like lovely some, psychopath. Some, I love yep, that guy. They've, they've got, somebody has to pick it up if they want to do anything. If not, it could be a real quick season end. Dude, and just think about the hype that they had. Like coming out of, like going 3-0 and in that state, uh, state Farm showdown where they looked great. They were playing good ball, and then just like slowly downhill from there, and all the injuries. Well, so, 
Um, that sucks. And I, I feel for Gunner. Now, Ryan Webb, uh, I was just informed this by Demetri. I didn't know this news, but Ryan Webb of Georgia is also getting Tommy John surgery and um, just looked at his numbers. He's put up really good numbers this year too. And I mean, that's, that's tough for a young Georgia pitching staff um, having him out. So another bad news out of the uh, SEC. Now, Dimitri, do you think all these arm injuries are because coaches are overworking these players and pitching or, or pitchers, or do you think it's just because like maybe they, they, they didn't throw as much last season and they didn't play summer ball because of COVID and they weren't able to train as like as well with all the training facilities being open because of COVID. Do you think that has anything to do with it? A hundred and ten percent has to with I think I think majority of the injuries injury are because Stephen got short shut down short. They didn't play the rest of the season. They took off all summer. And if they did throwing program that was on their own, and who knows how many of these guys actually stuck to a rigid program and, you know, followed what they – coaches probably had a plan for them or the players built their own plan. And we both know majority of players probably on a Friday afternoon got a text from their buddy, let's go to the lake. They 100% <laughs> dropped what they were doing and went to the lake because they're like, oh, fuck, it doesn't matter. I don't need a throw right now. And then they show up in the fall. They play their fall season, and they probably were not 110% ready for it. And then, you know, it carries over. I mean, and arm damage is not always just a one-time thing. It can be a buildup over a year. It can be a buildup over six months. You never know when it started happening. You just don't, you just don't feel it until yeah. it's too late. So I think, I mean, okay, here's the deal with, here's the deal with people and over pitching and all that. A lot of people have been talking about it. Pitching in a tight game, runners are getting on, you're falling behind in count and you've got to come back and strike guys out. You guys got runners on it second and third a lot. You're, you're, you're a lot of high stress situations where you can't just cruise control. That is more tough than throwing eight innings three hits, you know, eight strikeouts, not much stress. You're like cruising. You don't have many runners on base. That is no problem. Guys can throw 100, 110 pitches every weekend doing that. But when you've got guys like Kumar Rocker or Jack Leiter who walk four or five guys a game, giving up a couple hits, there's runners scoring, but then they amp it up and throw 95, 96, 97, and try to strike guys out like in those big situations, it's going to it's gonna catch up. And – Gunnar Hogland was kind he wasn't a guy that you just was just cruising through. He had runners on. He was in a lot of situations. So maybe that is the case. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a thing, but that's usually typically the reason why. And Ryan Webb might just be different. I don't think the pitch count is the big is focus of concern. It's more so look at what we've been doing the last 12 months. We didn't play and all that bullshit. And it's just some guys are just catching up. They weren't ready. They weren't prepared. You never know. Right. No, dude, I love that rant you just went on there. I mean, I think you just spoke the truth and like answered a lot of people's questions that we've been seeing on Twitter. And no, good for you, man. That, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there. I think it, it just, it's a mixture of both. And, you know, it's a shame to see these guys have in arm injuries, arm injuries, but um, it, the, the, the but thing you, is like, are we going to be seeing more arm injuries <laughs> as like the postseason heats up because you know that's when pitching like pitching coaches you know let their guys go an extra 20 pitchers because they need those outs and they can't trust the freshman that hasn't pitched more than 10 innings on the year 
Like they got to rely upon these guys. So you think yep. there's going to be more no, arm injuries? No, um, I think we're, so this time of the year, I think if you haven't gotten hurt yet, you're probably okay because we're at the, you know, 40, I think we're at the 40, 45 game mark. So we, both guys are hitting, they're probably hitting, you know, uh, like 80, they're probably pushing 75, 80 innings, 90 innings now in the season. If you're good now, you're probably okay. You're probably well prepared. Yeah, weather's starting to heat up too. So like and it's awesome. gonna be fine. Yeah. yeah. So but going back to Gunnar Hoagland, he was a draft guy last year, or even out of high school last year. The reason why he fell so far in the draft, because they had a UCL scare. They said there was a lot of wear on the UCL. They said there was um inflammation, micro micro tears, um, stuff like that. So that's did you I don't even know if you know that. That's why he didn't go high in the draft and basically went unpicked, undrafted. So, like, you're saying, like, it's very similar to what happened with, like, Brady Aiken and the Astros. Like, when they drafted him one overall and yep. they ended up not very signing similar. him, they were like, hey, man, your arm is – it sucks right now. So this actually so, might be better for, for Gunner moving forward because, like, he was going to end up getting the surgery anyways. Like, eventually his arm was going to run down. Uh, and you see wait, guys what? all the time bounce back after, after Tommy Tom. John and and be better like throw harder like have more flexibility and things like that the rehabs they go through are great so this might actually be like better for him in his pro career in like the long run he's already had the surgery i mean maybe maybe i mean i mean dude if you take care of your body and take care of your arm and follow the recovery and all that you are more than likely going to come back better that's how good the surgery has become that's how much research data they have on it so many doctors are really good at it now not just dr andrews so many doctors are really really good at tommy john and the recovery is extremely high the recovery rate so hoagland will probably be fine and he'll probably come back through on really hard and be a, a, he could one day be a, you know a double a guy and be right on the door of you know making a big league call up you never know but i just think what he does in the next 12 months is really important. A hundred percent. And he'll get right. Like he'll be on the right program. Like the guys at Ole Miss and you know the Dr. Andrews and everything, they'll have a program written up for him and he's going to get back and he'll be better than ever, better than ever. Now he probably won't pitch next season, right? Like he's no, out for absolutely not. He's out he, for the whole season. I think personally, I think personally Hoagland will be a free agent signing. Um, he's going to, well, here's what's going to happen with Hoagland. He's going to go back to Ole Miss. I, he has, he has one more year, right, Ben? Uh, yeah, he does. Yeah. So he's going to be at Ole Miss. He's going to have the best treatment, the best training staff. He's going to have it right at his front doorstep on campus train. And then he'll start throwing. So six months, you start throwing your bullpen at about month six or seven. So Ho, your, your first flat ground bullpen, whatever. So Hoagland will be throwing in the fall. And then, and then in the springtime, he just could be throwing bullpens and getting ready. And I think, and then he's going to have some pro workouts, pro bullpens, whatever. And I think he'll be a free agent signee or maybe, maybe even a draft pick. Um, but he also could be a draft pick this year. A team surgery goes well, they might just sign him. You never know. Yeah. He might, he might get taken this year. So we'll see. Yeah, we will. Um, now let's do the fun part of the show. Let's preview this weekend because we have a lot of fun um, weekend series. I mean, we had to choose five for the weekend series pick them. And we have like, we, I think I wrote down 10 series. So we had to eliminate some. There's there's that many like very competitive 
um, you know, meaningful series coming up. So let's start with, do you want to start with Arkansas, Tennessee? Cause like, that's the, that's the bullseye right there. Like that's the one that everybody's looking forward to Tennessee. Just let's save said, that. Let's save that for the end. Yeah. So Tennessee just said like 100% capacity. So we'll save that at the end. Um, let's but let's start, start with, with, let's start with Indiana and Michigan. Um, that's a series that, or how do you want to do this? Do you want to, do you want to do, let's do, all right, let's do it this way. I just yeah, changed my mind. Fine. Let's talk about the ones that we cut, like the series that we cut from the weekend series pick them. Talk about those first, and then we'll do the five for our weekend series pick them. So let's start with Southern Miss and Florida Atlantic. Okay. Southern Miss, number one team in the Conference USA right now. They're actually ahead of Louisiana Tech, even though Louisiana Tech has the tiebreaker. Um, Southern Miss goes to FAU, who we had ranked number one in our first mid major power ranking. Florida Atlantic was really good to start the year. And now they're coming back. Like they went through a very cold spell. They're coming back. They're 16 and 12 in conference USA and the owls look good. Now this is kind of like a, uh, like a, are you for real series for FAU? Because if they can win this series um, or at least split two and two, like they put themselves in a decent position to make some noise in the um, conference USA tournament and maybe get, um, the automatic qualifying bid. Like this is going to see how good they actually are uh, because they've been beating up against much worse teams. Um, but for Southern Miss, on the other hand, they got to win this series to keep pace with the rest of Conference USA and like get into that hosting position, that top 16. Um, and so four games in Boca Raton. Do you see anything like crazy coming out of this series or do you think Southern Miss, you know, takes... I takes think I think worst case scenario for Southern Miss is a 2-2 split. Worst case scenario. And I think if they get a 2-2 split, that's fine. I mean, they want to take 3-1, but you know how hard it is to get three out of four in a weekend. But I think I think worst case scenario is Southern Miss is 2-2. Two and two. I don't yeah. think they lose the series. With, with Southern I, Miss's pitching staff, I, I would be shocked to see them lose this series three out of four or get swept. Uh, yeah, I don't think that'll happen. No. Um, so, I mean, that, that one's definitely going to be one that we're going to keep our eyes on. Big series there uh, for both teams. And then we have South Carolina at Kentucky. Both teams right at the 500 mark. I think South Carolina is exactly at 500. And um, Kentucky is like a game below. Now it's at Kentucky. South Carolina has been playing pretty bad recently, to be honest, like not great baseball and Kentucky has been playing decent. Like they took a game against Florida last week on Thursday night. Uh, I mean, this is going to be, I think if, I think if Kentucky wins two out of three, I think they're going to be in a very, very great position to get an at-large bid, like almost a lock unless they like soil it down the stretch. Um, Southern or South Carolina, on the other hand, I think they're in the tournament. But like they need this to boost the resume, and not only not only boost the resume, but also like get that momentum back that they lost from the beginning of the season. Yep, yep, a hundred percent agree with everything you just said. Yeah, um, thanks, man. That means a lot. Usually you don't agree, so good. We're on the same page. There. <laughs> We're on the same page there. Uh, and then Tulane at UCF. Tulane just lost three out of four against um, East Carolina. Kind of got humbled a little bit in that American ranking. Um, and UCF, I mean, we saw them take a series at Ole Miss early in the season, like really good team. They were electric last year, just flat out unbelievable last year. So um, still really I talented mean, roster. And, you know, both teams kind of need this to um, – I actually, really, neither one of those teams is getting an at-large bid, I don't think. They're both sitting around like – Tulane's 57 in the RPI, UCF's 96. But they're only separated by – like two games in the American standing. So 
Like it's all about seeding purposes to avoid East Carolina in that American tournament coming up, right? Like you want to be the two seed. You don't want to be in that four and five spot. So yeah. um, that one, but that one's going to be a fun one. We, Braden Oltoff will be pitching against UCF. UCF, uh, they're, they're still really sneaky good. Like they're 13 and 11 in conference. So pretty, pretty good season so far. Um, and then the other series that we cut was Alabama at LSU. Can't say this enough. This series means a lot, like a lot to both of these teams, because uh, I think the series win for Alabama solidifies them as an at-large team. And I think a series win at LSU, like really, really, really helps their case. Um, and if they lose this series, it really kind of hurts their case. So what do you give me like a prediction for that series? Like, what do you see coming out Alabama? I think, and, and I think Alabama wins the series and LSU did this is this is going to be one of those situations that it's going to be another data point in terms of research. LSU is 9-15 in the SEC, but their RPI is 20. And, bro, I'm sorry. I will stand on this hill. I will die on this hill. You should not be allowed to get in that large bid when you're six games under 500 in conference. I don't care what conference you're in. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but I mean, they, they have won 30 games this year. They're playing much better baseball, like much, much better baseball. And it's kind of like, they kind of turned the corner, um, when Jaden Hill got hurt and he had season ending surgery. So like, I don't know if it's them just like rallying together saying like, look, we gotta, we gotta start finding ways to win. Like we can't rely on Jaden Hill throwing 99 miles an hour on every Friday. The, uh, the interesting thing for me in this series is that like LSU, is going to be playing at home. And when they're at home, like you can't match that atmosphere. I mean, there's a couple ballparks that can match that atmosphere, but it's just something crazy. And Alabama has just kind of been playing like not great, but not bad baseball, just very even par throughout the whole season. And I think this is going to be a big wake up call for Alabama, like a team that's going to walk into a place, a hungry team, a hungry LSU team. And I, I personally think LSU wins the series like pretty easily. Like I mean, might, I could totally see that. I just they think... might slip up one game, but like Alabama just kind of seems like, you know, very cool, calm and collective, like scrappy team. They don't make the moment too high. They don't make the moment too low. Um, they're always in games. Like they've, they've lost a couple on like walk-offs that, you know, I think they should have won the game, but especially against Auburn. But yeah, man, like, I think, I think LSU is going to be hungry for this. They know they need it. And, you know, if LSU comes like somehow sweeps this series, that puts them at 12 and 15 and that puts Alabama at 11 15 in conference. So LSU will jump Alabama if they sweep. So keep your eye yep. out on that. And That's all I'm going to say. If, if LSU sweep this series, you can pretty much guarantee them guarantee that they will be in a postseason picture. Guaranteed. Because, Lock it in. I mean, their, their RPI is going to be top 15. They're going to be, I mean, then they have, they just have to finish well their last conference weekend against Texas, Texas A&M. A&M. And then, if they can show a decent showing in the tournament, they will make it. We'll get in. Yeah, no, I think that I think they're in. So it's just really fun seeing these like bottom to mid tier uh, SEC teams. Like these games mean a lot for them because like they don't want to have to win four, three or four games in the SEC tournament to get that at large bid. Like they they have to do it in the regular season. They want to do it in the regular season, but it's just hard, man. It's just such a battle every single week. Um, yeah, playing those schedules. Like you saw it last week. Um, like Ole Miss at Texas A&M, like Ole Miss should have won that series and like they should have easily taken care of business, but they did yep. Texas A&M did. And it's just, 
yeah, one after so. the other. But anyway, so the five weekend series that we're going to be picking, obviously Arkansas at Tennessee, we have a big matchup in the Big Ten as Indiana goes to Michigan, um, battle of first place there. Baylor, Oklahoma State, very evenly matched series, in my opinion. Um, Baylor's been playing crazy good uh, offensively. They've been scoring double-digit runs, it feels like, in every one of their games. And Oklahoma State's kind of been slipping up a little bit since the uh, beginning of the season. Um, but both of those teams know that they're right on the cusp of, uh, you know, at-large locks. And, you know, they have to prove it this weekend there. So, um, And then we have Georgia Tech at Miami, another weekend series in the ACC where just – who knows what's going to happen? Like literally who knows what's going to happen? The SEC has just been such a jumbled up mess all season. Hey Ben, you want to make it, you want to make it sixth series this weekend? Let's do six. So I'm going to let you pick whatever series you want to make it our sixth series. Okay. Um, I would, I think Alabama LSU should be the sixth one. Just because you said you like Alabama, I said I like LSU. That'll be fun. Okay. All right. So that'll be the first one. LSU, Alabama. Um, I'm taking LSU, and you're taking Alabama there. And then, All right. Um, and then the last series that we're going to do is the uh, Campbell Upstate. Let's start with that one for our official picks, okay? So Campbell and Upstate, Battle of the Big South Conference. Uh, Upstate, you know, we've been giving them love on social media all year. Just a fun team. So, we, a lot of their players Campbell, follow us. And Campbell is another team that we've been given love for the last three years. Like I remember back in 2019 when me and James were doing it, we were big Campbell Campbell fans, fighting Campbell, sorry. And um, they've been following us for a while. So it's a little little battle of like the old school versus new school 11.7. Both of those teams like us. And um, this is going to be a tough one for me to pick just because. Well, okay. Campbell already took two out of three from upstate in in March, early March. And it was at home at Campbell. This time it's at Upstate. Um, so go ahead. Well, you know how much I like picking the other team. Like it's hard to beat the same team twice in a weekend series in a season. At least that's my thought process. Uh, now I know it's been proven wrong, like probably dozens of times this year. But I'm going to go with Upstate at home. I think that they're the best team in that conference. And like I'm not afraid to say it. I know Campbell's had a really good season, but you just look at the overall numbers. Like Upstate is 34 and 10 this season. They've only had 10 losses, dude. And Cam Campbell, I mean, they're 27 and 14, but uh, I mean, Upstate's nine and one in their last 10. They're playing good ball right now. I think they're going to be amped up for the series. Try to so clinch you're going that. with Upstate. Yeah, I, I think they're going to end up clinching the um, the Big South this weekend. They if they if they win. If they win this series, they win the Big South. Yeah. I mean, For because sure. if they go two and one, they get a one game, they get a uh, one game lead. So it'll be two and a half. And Campbell's still got, but I don't know because Campbell's missing a whole series, I think. It's going to go off um, percentage points. Yeah. Yeah. That's, isn't that like Campbell's missing a whole series, basically? But anyways, anyways, um, I'm actually going to go with the Campbell Camel. All right. I like whenever we pick against each other. It helps my case. And it's not because you have to pick against you. I think there's a reason why Campbell is the only team 
to have beaten Upstate in a series this year. And, and, and um, well, okay, I take that back. I forgot that Charleston beat them, but um, other than that, no, no, no. I, I take everything I just said back. That was okay? a stupid need, statement. That was some premature. Do you need some water to sober up? Nope. I, I'm, I'm good. I just sobered up myself, but with some crackers. But anyways, Campbell, I think it's upstate is the better. It might, might on paper be the better team, but I think Campbell is hot at the right time. They're playing well. They're hitting well. And at the beginning of the year, they were they went through a, a really shitty stretch. Like I'm talking, yeah, I remember that. I, I actually Asheville. remember that a lot. So, and I think Upstate, I think Campbell does it again. I think they get another two out of three against Upstate. Wow. Okay, well, that's interesting. Um, so let's do uh, Baylor, Oklahoma State next. Now Baylor, Baylor has been just absolutely one of the best. Like they're Arizona level offense right now. Like they are playing really good offensively um, and. Oklahoma State's kind of been slipping up. What I'm doing right now, so I'm a little distracted. I'm looking up their uh, most recent games played just because, honestly, haven't played paid much attention to either one besides, like, just score watching. Now, all right, so I have some stats now. Wow, dude, Oklahoma State's ranked 17th in the RPI. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. I didn't realize they were that high. That's well, why the RPI about is so stupid, man. Like, they're not no, the 17th not stupid, best man. team. I'm gonna, and I'm, and no, stop, stop. I'm going to explain this to you real quick. When you played, when you played a three-game series or two-game series against Wichita, who's fifty-three, when you played a three-game or a, yeah, three-game series against Vanderbilt, which was six, and you won one of those. When you play number nine Texas Tech in the RPI, when you play like like and then number four TCU on the road, and then you play number three Texas at home, and then you play. Number thirty-four, Bay. Like, I mean, dude, your RP. Like, you, they have wins against really high RPI teams, really good teams. So that's why it is the way it is. I guess so, but that, I mean, it's just stupid, man. Anyways, like, out of Baylor's last one, two, three, four, five wins, I, I, I'm saying five wins because they've lost a couple games in this stretch, but they've put over um, double-digit wins or sorry, double-digit runs in every single win. So uh, I'm going with the Baylor Bears not only because they have my initials BU but because uh, I think their offense is the real deal and, you know, they're not going to be afraid of a little cowboy action in Stillwater. Um, I like that. Um, I really like that. Um, here's the deal. Oklahoma state is talented. They've, they have the pieces they have. The, they're just missing. They're missing a big time arm in the bullpen and they're hitting, they can score, but they just, they, they just show up at the wrong time. Like they're 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 one of those teams then that live and die by the long ball. And I love those type of teams. I do too, but dude, they're so streaky and they're just like it's so annoying to see a good team just not do good because they can't hit home run. They can't for that on that game or whatever. But anyways, for my pick, Oklahoma State's eight and seven on the road. Um I mean, I, I mean, I'm talking about so Baylor's six and eight on the road. Oklahoma State is nineteen and seven at home. They play well at home, and Baylor is eh, on the road. And I and you know what? I think Baylor is a good team, but I just think Oklahoma State is too, is, they're they're like they can't beat the best team, but they can beat they can really beat the middle of the pack team. And yeah, I think, it's like if they have a if they're facing a team that's throwing like between eighty five and eighty eight, like they just match those type of pitchers. 
And I think Baylor has a lot of those guys on the staff. So I'm, I'm, I'm second guessing my, my thought process. Now, the more that I'm doing research and I should have done more research on this series, but I'm gonna stick with Baylor, but it sounds like you're going Oklahoma state. Yep. Nice. Oklahoma state. Let's All go. Right. Cowboys. We'll just Oops. keep going against each other. Let's roll. All right. And we have two series left. So we have Indiana at Michigan battle of the big 10 here. Uh, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of both of these teams. I think they're, the, those two and then Nebraska are the three like real contenders in the Big Ten. Like the only three that I can see like making some kind of noise in the uh, postseason. Now, kind of breaking down this series. So Michigan, they're five and five in their last ten. Indiana, eight and two in their last ten. Michigan, though, like they have these top level recruits. Like they get really good recruiting um, classes every year. They have the facilities. Like they have everything that they need. Um, to succeed and I'm glad to see this is only a three-game series because if it was a four-game series I would absolutely go push I think both these teams are pretty evenly matched Um, but I'm going to go with Indiana um, for the sole reason because like I think Indiana is coming off a big weekend that they just had last weekend uh, winning three out of four Um, they beat Nebraska on Sunday uh, and then they beat Rutgers twice and so if you look through their schedule like they've they won the series against Iowa they swept minnesota they won the series northwestern swept illinois like if you go back the the one hiccup that they had was they got swept by ohio state out of nowhere in the beginning of april besides that like they've been playing lights out like lights out baseball and i think they're going to continue they know how big this uh five game stretch that they have they have three at michigan and then they play two against nebraska and then two against ohio state the weekend after that. So they're trying to win the big 10 series or the regular season. Um, I, I saw where Indiana didn't, did not post a bid to host. Um, and that's kind of surprising because I think they're a legitimate contender to host. I, I think the NCAA would give them that option. Um, and now I'm kind of just rambling cause I'm looking through numbers and I apologize, but I'm going Indiana. <laughs> You're going with the Hoosiers. About the Hoosiers. I was like, did he pick or is he going to pick? No, like, I do. What I, are we doing sometimes here? whenever I'm like reading and talking at the same time, and I was reading just the most pointless information, like the stats that I was reading, like well, meant nothing. I mean, you were talking about Michigan and their recruiting classes and their <laughs> and their facility. And I'm sitting here, what the hell did that have to do with this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the Ben Upton effect there. Just get I mean, sidetracked. I mean, damn Ben, did you ever have a problem with meeting word counts on your essay? No, never. Never, I think ever. you went over the word count every time, Mister Overachiever. I'm like, I'm like, oh man, only a four thousand word essay. Can we do six thousand? Is that good with everybody? <laughs> um. Anyways, <laughs> after all that blabber, um, I'm actually going with the Michigan Wolverine. I think Michigan pitching is much better. I think. Ooh, um, I don't know about that. I think I think Michigan is. Okay, when you look at like similarities in their numbers and their offense, Indiana can hit. Indiana can hit and pitch, but I just think Michigan. I'm going to give Michigan the edge in terms of the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, and it's what, that's what this series is going to come down to. So I'm rolling with the Wolverine. I think if those two teams played fifty or a hundred times, it would go fifty-fifty or forty-nine-fifty-one. I really think they're that evenly matched, and like I, I really do think. Those two teams, like you, you could easily see them in a super regional. I think a lot of people are doubting the Big Ten this year. Uh, the more highlights that I watch um, from that, like they got big, strong players, just like every other conference. Like they have good arms that are throwing ninety plus. Uh, I, I think the only thing that they lack is like 
they haven't seen like ACC or, or um, SEC Big 12 pitching like that um, that may hurt them. I don't know. It's going to be exciting to find out in June. But I, I think they, these teams are actually legit. I mean, besides the bottom of the Big Ten is a joke, but whatever. Um, last series here. Arkansas goes to Tennessee. No, no, no. We have two more. What, what, what do you mean two more? Georgia Tech, Miami. Oh, my God. Did we not pick that one? No. Oh, shoot. Okay, Georgia Tech, Miami. Let's do that one first. Sorry for the, uh, the tease there for all the SEC listeners out there. Georgia Tech goes to Miami. I know where you're going with this one, and I, I kind of tend to agree. I think I'm, I don't know what it is about Georgia Tech. They irk me a little bit this year, and it might just because they have a young team that's really talented, but um, I'm not a believer in the Yellow Jackets. And so I think this is the time of this – like this is always the time of the season when Miami starts heating up, they play better, kind of like the Florida Gators where like they play up to their competition – and they know this is a big weekend series at home against the number one team in the Coastal Division or Atlantic Division, whatever. Does Georgia Tech play in Atlantic or Coastal? Help me out. They're, they're both in the Coastal. They're both in the Coastal. Yeah, and Georgia Tech's in first place in the Coastal. And I'll be 50 years old and still confused on which division is the Atlantic and which one's the Coastal. Oh, I can name, I can name every team in both sides. Well, I mean, I, could, I know which teams are in which division, Demetri. I just don't know what the division's called. It, I feel like it oh, changes oh. every two years. I don't, oh, I know it doesn't. No, it's Atlantic and Coastal's always been that way. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I can name the teams like the Georgia Tech, Miami, and North Carolina all playing the same one, like, and Virginia yep. Tech's in that one too. And then you got like the, for some reason, Florida State's in the other one. I, I, I know that for a fact. And it just doesn't make by sense. By the way, don't try to sit here and pretend you're smart because I know you have this conference right in front of you on your computer screen. You're just trying to pretend. I don't. I have oh, Georgia Tech schedule out. pulled up. I Listen, I didn't name every team in each conference. I just said I know which teams are in which ones. Like I didn't name all 14 teams or 12 teams. Like I just named the ones that I knew. And okay. I just know okay. that Florida, Florida State and Miami are in different ones for some good for reason. you do you want a cookie yeah i do man i'm hungry it's five o'clock it's i'm almost dinner too time. i'm getting a little hangry over here but i'm freaking eating so much damn pasta here yeah <laughs> italian pasta is pizza good the over italian there pasta. just let me know is pizza good in italy dude pizza and pasta that's all you eat i haven't really eaten much pizza but the pasta man i literally literally i, I think i've eaten pasta in one of my meals every day since i've been here is there like mexican food over there i mean honestly it's, it's a really good question i i like i haven't seen a like a, a like a mexican canteen or somewhere you sit down you have you know chips and queso and like those kind of dish i haven't seen one so. i would I, I would have to have mexican food if i ever came and visited you like i would have to like i i think like one out of every two meals i have is something to do with mexican food and Mexican food is good. Maybe it we is. need to open up okay. a Mexican restaurant over there in Italy. Make some money. Hey, I think ben, people would ben, love it. What combination number do you get? Um, I don't know what you're asking here. <laughs> is this every a... Mexican restaurant? You the combination? Oh well, there are different numbers for every Mexican restaurant. 
are they not are they not the same uh, no there's no way that they're the exact same on the menu at every mexican restaurant i get a number about? i get a number 11 every single time a quesadilla a burrito and a soft taco i will guarantee you that's not the same at every mexican restaurant it just like it literally is really impossible. well that's something i'm just now learning well, and if it is like, if it somehow is i would i would be shocked like that's incredible if it is I always um, order a number 11 combination with beef. Anyway, uh, I can, we can sit here and talk about I'm taking all Miami. Day, I'm, just, sure. I'm taking Miami over Georgia Tech. I think Miami's going to play up to the competition. They're going to, they're hosting the series. Georgia Tech's going to be on the beach all week um, in Miami. And I'm taking the Hurricanes. I think they're going to humble Georgia Tech a little bit. Georgia Tech's feeling good. They're top, you know, first place in the coastal division. And uh, I'm taking Miami here. And I know you're taking Miami too. So just go ahead and say it. I, I, but I need to, I need to have some reason because we are a non-biased college baseball podcast. So I have to, so you have to find some reasons to not be biased here. I can't be biased. We're not a biased podcast. Um, Miami is 16 and five at home, 16 and five at home and 11, and 10 on the road. That's all Ew, I'm going to say. I'm picking what Miami. The hell? Are you serious? What? Are you serious? Like, that's crazy. That's crazy, right? And I'm picking Miami just because of that. Yeah. Well, George Tech's we are 12 and 6 on the road and 12 and 12 at home. So, kind of inverse there. So, the U at the home U. beating. Yeah, George man, I just Tech. wouldn't be surprised if Miami swept this weekend. I really wouldn't. Dude, if you know if Miami sweeps this weekend, they will literally, literally take over first place in, in front of, and depending on what other teams do. But yeah, they will Georgia. They will literally take the lead over Georgia Tech. Yeah, they will because they're two and a half back. I just saw that on the standings. Wow, um, dude, the ACC is just a is just clustered. I together. think I think the ACC is better than we think, and we're going to be surprised. Honestly, I hope so, man. I hope so. I would love to see like every conference coming out in postseason play and just not know what to expect. Kind of like yeah. in the NCAA I, basketball tournament where the Pac-12 came out of nowhere and it was just running teams to death, like just yeah. destroying teams. So we might see that this year. Uh, obviously, I don't think anybody's like doubting the ACC. Like they're top two. Or them and the Big 12 are like neck and neck as far as like the best teams in each one. But um, anyways, let's talk about this last series and we'll wrap things up after that. We have Arkansas going to Tennessee, 100% capacity. Um, I saw where they're doing the checkered stadium, kind of like they do in football at Tennessee, like one section white, one section that orange. Too. That's going to be sick on TV. That's going to be, I, dude, I listen, people aren't talking about this enough, and I'm going to talk about it. A section of people all wearing white T-shirts in a baseball game, that's going to make things hard to see, like as a fielder. You know what I'm saying? Like ground balls off the bat. If it gets in that all white section, you're not going to be able to see the ball. That's gonna play a factor. I'm put. I'm putting in an ink. Like, do you think? Do you think you're exaggerating that, or do you really think it's gonna actually be an issue? Because I can it's totally going see it. to be an issue, I dude. Think, I'm, I'm telling you, nobody's talking about it. And you know what would be really funny if this series comes down to a play where they lose the ball, like something happened, a bad throw, and that guy couldn't see it, and Tennessee sitting there like hot jokes on you. Like Arkansas sitting there, like how you guys decided to wear white, not us, and you lost because of it. 
I mean, dude, I can see it happening. Like a, a shortstop runs the other way because he thinks the ball's hit that way. And meanwhile, the ball's going oh, the other way. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. That, that, that That's just ridiculous. Maybe, dude. I don't know. It's going to play a factor. Maybe at the outfield, like a line maybe, drive to the maybe, outfield. Maybe. Maybe. But, I, I was thinking more along the line of there was going to be a big cloud and it was going to be too white and they were going to miss a pop-up and it had nothing to do with white t-shirt. Well, I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not, but okay. <laughs> also, I, I just try to click on the SEC standings. I keep clicking on the Patriot League standings. I'm like, dang, Army's in first place in the SEC right now. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, God, man, my brain is mashed potatoes right now. Um, let's see. So let's preview is your this brain game. ever not mashed potato? Yeah, sometimes it feels pretty good, but right now it's a little iffy. Can you like can you like try to bring it on the podcast one time? Because every time yeah, you get on the podcast with mashed potatoes. I mean, do you at least have gravy in there? I have my midweek brain right now. It, it, it heats up like on Fridays and Saturdays, and then it goes away on Sundays whenever we record. That's usually the uh, the cycle that it's on. Anyways, dude, I'm pumped for this series because it's the top team in the East, top team in the West. Tennessee has taken over Vanderbilt by half a game. And then Arkansas has a one-game lead at Mississippi on Mississippi State. Now, either like no matter what happens in this series, both of these teams are top five teams in the country. It does not matter. I expect to see both of them in Omaha, but like this is going to give us just a little taste, like a little appetizer, a little chips and queso before our entree comes out. Because I mean, this series is going to be—it's going to be the biggest series of the year. It literally has come down to the biggest series of the year. I know we've had some with Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, and like Vanderbilt at Tennessee, like all this stuff, Arkansas and Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State. Like all of those series have been the biggest series up to this point. But for right now, like up to this point in the season, this is the biggest series of the year. And I'm glad that Tennessee is hosting this series because I think it gives them a little edge just because of the way like Arkansas has been kind of struggling, like even in their midweek. Um, like they didn't look great. Like they looked fine, not great. Um, but like they ended up winning eight to four um, against Arkansas State. But like it was not as pretty as that looks. And they like, kind of slipped up against Georgia. Like they lost on Saturday and came back Sunday down three nothing early. And so, and they and they lost a game at LSU on Saturday five to four. So like they've been good. They haven't been the same Arkansas team that was in like one, like 14 out of 15 in the middle of the season or whatever. Okay. Get to the point. Yeah. So I'm getting to the point. Like, I think this series leans a little bit to Tennessee because like without Kevin cops, okay, I think without I like Kevin cops, like, cause he's going to, I don't know if they can use him seven innings again, uh, three on Friday, four on Sat or Sunday. I don't know if they're going to be willing to do that again coming up. I think this series leans a little bit Tennessee. I think Tennessee has the bats to hit anything that Arkansas throws besides Kevin Cops. And of course, our boy Patrick Wicklander is going to shove on Friday, but he um, is going to shove, baby shove. But dude, like my my brain is telling me Tennessee right now, which again is mashed potatoes. So my brain's not working. But Tennessee, I think they they showed a lot of people that they were the real deal whenever they uh, played that really competitive series against Vanderbilt early in the season. And since then, like, they've been playing really good ball. Like, they've had an easy stretch, Texas A&M, Kentucky, Missouri. Um, but, like, their bats are there. They're going to they're gonna dig down deep. I'm taking Tennessee to win this series just because it's at home. It's the, you know, Tennessee's turned into a baseball school because their football program is trash. And I don't know, like, Arkansas just has to slip up 
one time this season, right? Like wow. they just have to. I they haven't. They've been a number one like I don't know seven straight weeks or something for us. All right, let me ask you this: If Arkansas loses the series, and let's just say I get Vanderbilt, I get Vanderbilt take care of business. Vandy's back in number one, huh? Ah, dude, I don't know. That's so subjective. I don't Anyways, know. Anyway, I love that you're taking. I think you got the Hogs losing their first series of the year. They have to, dude. They, it's so hard to go the whole season without losing a series. And if they do win it this series, hard, but you then know like what? they are hands down, no doubt, one hundred percent the best team in the country, just because hey. they've they've every weekend they've proven it. Good team win game. Great team win series. Yeah. Isn't and it funny that like should we put it on a t-shirt? I think I think we should put it on a t-shirt. Good teams win, great team win series. Something like that. I'm down. We haven't put a new t-shirt out in a while. No, I think speaking of that, now that we're talking about it, fans can hear hear our thought process. But I think this year we're not gonna do any apparel, any merch, anything like that. Next year will be our first year of like legit merch, good website, um, more content coming. Um you know, I think next year we'll start firing out all the We'll give them a little taste of it during the postseason. We always we always crank things up in the postseason. Yeah, but no t-shirt, no, no merch this year. Just just keep doing what we're doing, content on Twitter and podcast and stuff like that. And then next year we will be a real podcast. We won't just be two boneheaded dudes talking about college baseball. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, we're definitely gonna need to expose like YouTube and Facebook more. TikTok is something we haven't even tried yet. Like I think we can get a lot more uh, fans and viewers. We'll uh, we'll get a little taste into it during the postseason. I have some plans for that, which we'll talk about, Dimitri. But um, yeah, and uh, shout out like if anybody wants to help out that's listening to the podcast that wants to uh, help out with some like TikTok or YouTube or whatever video content, please let us know. And if you're willing to do it, we'll definitely work something out with you. We'd love that. Um, but we got to trust you. You got to be committed. That's the only two requirements. Um, but anyways, go ahead and make your pick here to make sure before we wrap up the show, what you like? Give me them hogs. Woo pig, baby. Don't ever do that again on this podcast. <laughs> that was such a Woo weird pig. noise. That was such a weird noise. Give me, give me, give me them hogs. Any reason why you like the hogs? Or are you just going to just say that over and over again? Um, my boy Wicklander's about to go seven shutty or seven inning one run on Friday night, and then get call the cops. Cops come and they take care. Of, they save the day. Ball game. Hog will take game one. Um, Cheesehead Chad Dallas is going to have a real. I mean, dude, Friday night could be electric. Chad Dallas is good, man. He, that guy can pitch. He is a big game pitcher. You know what's um, funny about him? I had I, I was looking at my DMs um, and a guy two years or I guess it was maybe last year in 20 like uh march of like 2020 was like dude you need to get cheese uh dallas on the podcast he's he's the funniest guy in college baseball blah 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 and for some reason i never replied i guess i didn't look up who he was now i'm like instantly regretting that like we have to get cheese on the podcast sometime apparently his personality is like unmatched yep i mean i'm down um we can get him on whenever but anyway let me finish and then um Arkansas, I think game two is going to be a little more of a slugfest kind of game. Um, battle of the who can score the last run, like an eight to seven kind of game. And then Sunday is just going to be all hogs, baby. All hogs on Sunday on travel day. Now, Peyton Pallet, Peyton I feel Pallet, like I think they're starting. 
He's going to shove. I feel like Arkansas is just known for just playing a ton of double headers. Like I feel like they're going to end up somehow playing a double header again this series. Um, and just because of like weather issues and things like that. Do you think any kind of weather issues are going to happen? I, I haven't looked. I think I think we're going to have a clean, great hate week of one game a day. I would love that. Just give me one day a game. These seven inning double headers just don't do it for me. Get extended well, we out. See. Let's go, we let's see go all nine happened. innings. But anyways, them hogs. thanks for listening to the episode. We'll be back all, wait, all weekend wait, whoa, on Twitter. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where the hell are you going? You got something to do tonight? No, but what else are we talking we about? We got to pick our regional host, our 20 picks. Oh, dude, my bad. All right, let's do that. Man, um, what, dude, go ahead and spill the beef. What do you got? Is your girlfriend coming over? No, dude, I was literally just like, I have a whole book, like filled, like the page is filled with stuff. I didn't write, like I had the show planned out from start to finish, just, hey, and hey, I didn't you write need that to down. defend yourself. I'm just messing with you, Ben. Dude. I know we can sit here all night and talk about this. All right. Well, I know it's it's only 5.30 here Eastern time, and then you're over there at like almost midnight. So I was trying to cut you oh, a break, we, man. we Gucci over here. I'm a night owl. All right. That's but better anyways, than a rice owl. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm a lot more attractive than a rice owl. That's that's true. All right. Let's do our locks first, and then we'll get we'll pick our eight, okay? No, no, no. You give me your team picks. What? Let's just do – like we have locks, obviously, like Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State. Texas, Tennessee. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Slow down. I can't write that fast. All right. Hogs. Vandy. Mississippi State. Texas. TCU. Fairfield. Shut your mouth. No. Um I think Florida. I think Fairfield I think Fairfield's a lock the host. Shut your mouth, dude. Go to bed. <laughs> Ain't nobody who the hell is traveling to Fairfield, Connecticut to play a regional? Nobody like don't have to worry about that. There'll right, be, okay, there'll yeah. be a four seed, probably. Okay. Arkansas, Bandy, Mississippi State, Texas, TCU, Tennessee. That's six locks right there. Um, Oregon, I think, is a lock. Um, Notre Dame, East Carolina. Notre Dame, East Carolina. Um That's Arizona. 10. 11 with Arizona. Wait, wait, wait. Who's in the, who's the 11th team? Florida. Oh, you think Florida's a lock? Yeah, dude. They're the top 10 team right now. Um. Okay. And they're going to showcase their new ballpark. Okay. Yep. Florida. Okay. That's 11. Oh, and um, Stanford, I think, is a lock. Yeah, because Stanford, Stanford just beat Arizona 2 out of 3. All right. There you go. So we have oh. 12. We need to pick eight more. You right. go with your eight. All right, I'll do my eight right now. And in no order. Like I'm just going straight off of like whatever team I see first. All right. Okay. So I'm saying uh La Tech, Southern Miss. I'm saying uh Charlotte. Are we just picking conference USA team? No, I'm something? saying those Did three from something? those three from conference USA. All right. Okay. So I have 16, 17, 18, 9, 20. So I have five spots left. I'm going to give one of those spots to Pittsburgh, I think, will be in there just because I know right. the committee Pitt, is – The Panthers. Yeah. The committee is trying to – Gritsburg. Yeah, they're trying to extend – like give new places a regional hosting spot. And I think, I think Gritsburg is a great place to play a regional. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, I'm going to say somebody in the Big Ten. I'm going to go ahead and say Nebraska. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Nebraska. Who? Nebraska slash Michigan. Nebraska? 
can I do Nebraska slash Michigan, whoever, like one of those two teams from the Big Ten, just because I know Indiana didn't send a bid in. Okay, so we got Nebraska. You need two more. No, I have three more. Oh, yeah, three more. It's Nebraska slash Michigan, by the way. Nebraska slash Michigan. I don't know which one of those two teams put a bid in or if they did or not. One of those two teams will get it. Um, okay. And then 18, 19, 20. I'm going to say South Carolina, Ole Miss. Okay. And then I'm going to say the last team is going to be Florida State. Florida State. All those right. are my 20. Okay. That'll be in, that'll be announced tomorrow morning. Yep, and we're gonna I'll, I'll, we're gonna drop a graphic tonight with those teams. Um, we will have a graphic with our pick them and everything. And here is my my regional thing. So my twenty. Okay, so yes to Louisiana Tech. Yes to. Um, Southern Miss. Oh, man. Actually, scratch my Southern Miss pick. Scratch them. Give me, put, I'm going to Charlotte. So Louisiana Tech, Charlotte, and then Pittsburgh for sure. Um, I'm going to go with Nebraska. And then... I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Texas Tech. I already had Texas Tech in there in my top 12. No, we don't. I have Texas Tech written down at number eight. Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, Texas, TCU, Tennessee, Oregon, Notre Dame, East Carolina, Arizona, Florida, Stanford. All right, that's 11 teams then. And then I had Texas Tech as my 12th, as a lock. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. I have 12. And oh, dude, I wrote number 10 down twice. Okay, okay. Let's scratch South Carolina for mine. I'm putting TC or sorry, Texas Tech. I had Texas Tech. I'm telling you, dude, my brain's not working. I, I wrote okay, number okay. 10 down twice. Okay, so you're gonna put Texas Tech instead of South Carolina. Correct. Okay, got it. And then I'm gonna go with after Texas Tech, I am going to go with um I mean, dude, this is this is crazy. Like, there's there's that like bubble of like those teams. It's pretty crazy. You're gonna I have think, to put Southern Miss in there, dude. I don't think you can make it without it. I'm I'm, I'm going Florida. Okay, I got Florida, so I got two more. Wait, Florida's um, already in the twelve. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, you're 100 correct. Um, so I do. I I I don't know if Southern Miss is gonna get a hosting bid i think they deserve one i just don't know if they're gonna get one um we'll see who then, else you can put in there ahead of them we'll see okay yeah 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 so listen i got three more right so i'm going to give Ooh, this is crazy man this is tough so i'm gonna go with 
use the Irvine. It's a risky play. I think that's like my risky play. Like if they get it, I look like a fucking genius. If they don't, it's whatever. Um, and then seven and eight, dude. I think Florida, man. I think Florida State did, uh, is tough because I think in the I think two more because we've got we've got Notre Dame and. Um, Bro, do you really think? Do you really think Notre Dame and Florida State are the only two AC teams you have hosting? Isn't that hard to believe that only two AC teams get a host? I have Pittsburgh too. Okay, three. Yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh too. So I think honestly, Notre Dame, Pitt, and Florida State. Um, You know what? You know what's crazy? And I, I might sound crazy, but I think Miami had the chance to get a hosting bid. And it sounds crazy. It sounds super far-fetched, but I think it's possible. But I'm not going to put them in. And then I'm going to give Florida State – oh, my goodness. I think I'm going to – yeah, I'm going to give Florida State as one of them. Even though their RPI is not pretty, but, dude – I think the RPI this year, they're going to have more measures than just that. And then my last team to get a hosting bid. Oof, this is crazy. Um, I think, Ben, you're going you're gonna to laugh at me for saying this, but give me UCLA. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, I hope UCLA. not. I hope not. I think UCLA gets a host. So those are my eight teams. Louisiana Tech, Charlotte, Pitt, Nebraska, Texas Tech, UC Irvine, Florida State. But you know what? I, I, I want to take that back because I think UC Irvine and UCLA both don't get one. I think one or the other gets one. All right. But who are you going to replace? Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. They're not going to put that many West Coast regional I mean, hosts out because, there. Yeah, we've got, we've got Oregon – We've got Arizona. We've got Stanford. And then I, I just, yeah. I, okay. You know what? I'm going to take out my UC, man, Irvine. Is, I'm going to take out my UC Irvine pick. I'm going to leave UCLA in. And so I'm going to replace UC Irvine with Southern Miss, Georgia Tech. I, bro, it's, 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 it's coming down to Georgia Tech or Louisville. Ew. I mean, I don't know if Louisville's going to get one, and I don't think they deserve one. But shit, this is difficult because I can. I'm trying to think like committee here. I'm trying to think who is the team that's going to piss everybody off that they did that. You know what I mean? It's going to happen, guaranteed. It's somebody they're going to they're going to give somebody a, in the top twenty a bid, and everyone could be like, "Are you kidding me? Like, why? What do you see that we don't see?" So anyway. Um, I think Southern Miss deserves it, but I just don't think they get one. That makes sense, right? I, dude, so, I think they end up getting one. I, I think they're in that top twenty. I I I hope they are. I just don't think the, the committee is going to give Louisiana Tech, Charlotte, and Southern Miss all bid. Which they might give them three, and then the final sixteen might be one or two of them. 
but that is crazy to see the Conference USA get three, and I don't think it's going to happen. So that's why I have it that way, Charlotte and Louisiana Tech. But you know what the crazy thing is? I think Southern Miss might be better than Charlotte, but in terms of RPM. So anyway, okay, I'm I'm dragging this this on too long. I am going to give... Hmm, why is this so difficult? I'm going to, dude, and here's the reason why I won't give Ole Miss the bid. They just have one series. They're a good team. Yeah. Gunnar Hoagland's out. Tim Elko's out. They they just haven't won enough series. And I think the committee is going to take that into account. That, hey, guys, you guys won a lot of games. You're a good team. But you just haven't won enough series to get a regional bid. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, that I mean, the series they lost to Texas A&M this past week really hurt their chances. Um, yeah, no, it really did. So I'm going to give my final bid to uh, <sighs> shit. This is so hard. I, I want to be right. I, I hate being wrong. I hate being wrong. And I'm giving that bid to Michigan. Okay. So two from the big 10. I think two big 10 teams get a bid. I mean, I could see that. I, I could see them putting them both in that 20. In fact, in fact, with. you just inspired me. Take out Ole Miss and put in – you know how I have Nebraska slash Michigan? Put, yeah. Take out Ole Miss, put Michigan in there. All right. Boom. Boom, done. Do we have the same thing? Uh, no, we don't. We have a couple different – I have Southern Miss in there. and Yep, I have UCLA instead of Southern Miss. Yeah. But, wow, perfect. Okay. Nice. So well, cool. Our regional pick. We'll have a graphic out for that and everything else this afternoon or evening. And it's, dude, it's almost time for showtime, man. We're getting so close. To almost, the we're getting close to the fun shit. We're going to start getting so many more listeners and followers on Twitter just because, like, once these games are televised and it's the only events going on, people aren't going to care about MLB. Um, there's going to be like a nice little pocket where, like, people won't care about the N- uh, NBA playoffs as much. They're going to be wanting to watch some daytime college baseball, man. I would so. love for people to think that, but I don't, I don't know how true that's going to be, but we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. And it's always been a pleasure. Always um, been a pleasure. Get you some sleep tonight. we got a big weekend ahead of us. Yes, sir. All right. See you, everybody. Take it easy.